another episode of the Photographer Mindset Podcast. I'm your host, Seth Macy, and in this series, we explore the winning mindsets, attitudes, and strategies utilized by inspiring and talented photographers in the Instagram community. We're trying to get inside their headspace, inside their mind, so we can learn some tendencies of how they think, behave, and act, so that we can help establish our own version of success in photography, whether that's gaining more clients, just getting more traffic to our Instagram page or our website, or just being more satisfied with our shots in general. So today, I'm joined by Nicole Zelkowitz. Thank you so much, Nicole, for joining me. You're the second female guest on the show. You're an amazing photographer, crazy talented editor. Let's kick it off by having you explain your history, how you got into photography, and just sort of who you are. All right. So about three years ago, I moved to the Bay Area, and I moved here in March of 2017, and right before Christmas, a couple months earlier, I had bought my first camera from my best friend. She is a great photographer. She went to school for it and everything. She had switched over to film, and she had her leftover Canon Rebel T3i just sitting around. So I was like, oh, dope. Like, let me get that. I want to try some things out and see, you know, maybe I like it. So I got the camera from her. I paid $200 for this Rebel T3i. That's a steal. Dude, yeah. My best friend, man. <laughs> Shout out her. She's amazing. But, so I paid $200 for this Canon Rebel T3i. She threw me a 28 millimeter with it, which I actually still have. I still use it. So oh, a nice wide angle? Hell yeah. It's super That's nice. cool. It gets really nice bokeh too, actually. I believe you. <laughs> and uh, she had request. She suggested that I order an 18 to 55 millimeter, like simple kit lens that comes with yeah. the camera. But she didn't have it anymore, and she's like, you know, it'll give you more variety of what you can shoot because you can change it to however many millimeters you want to shoot at. So I was like, okay, awesome. So I got the lens, I got the camera. I maybe went out to shoot one time in New York from the time when I bought that camera before Christmas through March when I moved here. And uh, I was never into photography before. I was always into the arts. I used to draw a lot and paint a lot. I used to be a tattoo artist and a body piercer. No way. Hell yeah. It's, yeah, cool. it's pretty interesting. My backstory is like all over the arts and everything, just not photography until recently. And so I moved out here with my ex-boyfriend. And when we broke up, I didn't have any art supplies with me except for a camera. I had left everything, like all my paint supplies and everything back in New York. And all that I was left with was my camera. So I was pretty like lonely. He was working. I was working, but we were broken up and, you know. Right. Of, Would so, you say you started shooting out of boredom? Yeah. Like just something to fill the creative void? Yeah. I needed something to fill the void. And honestly, I needed something to make me happy. And like arts always helped, but I didn't have my regular things. So I needed to figure out something and I needed to do it fast before I really fell into a depression. So I started going out and I started shooting. Um, I actually had like no followers, obviously, because I like just started. But I had followed right. a couple people before I moved to the Bay Area. And like Paul Clark was one of them. He was oh, one yeah. of the first people I met out here. Um, Mike Sevilla was another one of them. He is the first person I went out to shoot with. He was super nice. No way. Yeah, he is. He's super cool. Yeah, he's a dope photographer too. Um, But he had invited me out to shoot with him one day. And I shot with him and this girl, Eva, and this guy, Wes. And honestly, they made me love photography. They sold you on it. Hell yeah. We went to, (laughs) where'd we go? We went to the beach by Cliff House. Um... Oh my God, I'm blanking on the name of it. 
But we went over there and the sunset was incredible. And just watching them shoot and it was awesome. Like it opened my eyes to everything. And then I just started going out more and interacting with more people, trying to find more friends. And it really worked. Right. So, I mean, what sold, what aspect of photography sold you on it? Like, yeah, like I can see myself spending a lot of my free time doing this. What was it? Was it the interaction with friends? Was it, I don't know, just visually capturing the beauty in front of your eyes or was it a combination? Like what did it for you? It's definitely a combination. Um, I think it may be more so that it was nice to be able to create something and have full control over what you're creating other than like weather, obviously you can't really control that, but you can control like what you're shooting and how far you are. And just when you're editing, you can control colors and you could just really turn something that, it was just mediocre and you don't really think it's that special into something amazing. And honestly, like when I started to get into photography, it really helped me not to be depressed. It made me want to leave my house all the time. And it made me want to help other people leave their houses and not be depressed. And, you know, I don't know, like it's one of those things when you, you kind of, when you're feeling that, that way for whatever reason, whether it's like a breakup, like you said, or or, I, I don't know. But just like immersing yourself fully into, you know, something that's a, I would, I would even call it a distraction. It's okay to call it a distraction, (laughs) just immersing yourself into that and making the choice. Like, I'm not going to feel sorry for myself anymore. Um, and I'm going to put a lot of effort into this and I'm going to do something that just makes me feel good is so powerful. It's such a powerful thing to do. Um, and I think it's cool that you met so many awesome people just by, you know, taking up photography. That's awesome. Yeah, honestly, like photography changed my life for the better, of course. And would you say it started a new chapter? A hundred percent. I've worked with so many brands that if you asked me three years ago what I would be doing today, it definitely would not be content creation. It definitely would not have anything to do with a camera whatsoever or editing or anything like that. So you've, uh, you were telling me before we started recording that you've just You've been doing some shoots for Airbnb, which is wicked cool. Congrats on that. And you also, you've also been hooked up with Polar Pro for quite a while, which is yeah. you know lens filters for anyone listening who doesn't know that. Um, maybe you could let the people listening know how um, you know that Polar Pro ambassadorship came to be and maybe some advice for um, people who are looking to get hooked up with brands. Like how did you go about you know landing that other than, other than just being super talented? <laughs> Uh, Yeah, well, talent definitely has something to do with it, for sure. Um, I've been an ambassador for Polar Pro for well over a year now. Um, When I first started my ambassadorship with them, it was through this guy who I don't even think works for Polar Pro anymore, or if he does, like he moved on to a different position, and then they passed it on to some other girl who was then their marketing girl and whatever. And... um, you know, before I even was their ambassador, I've never used their filters. I've never used any filters in my life. Um, I never really had money like that. So I never could really afford the things necessary to advance my photography. So I kind of figured I needed to do this to kind of help me progress. So, you know, I worked on my own photography a lot and at the time, I probably had 2,000 followers. They requested maybe 3,500, not like for me, but on their website, like that has all the information on how to become an ambassador or whatever. 
it had requested a certain amount of followers, but I was like, you know, screw it. I'm going to try it anyway. You never know. Like you shoot your shot. Yeah, of course. It's always (laughs) worth it. You never know what could happen. So I actually like, I didn't know that they had a specific ambassador thing on their website. I had already started reaching out to brands to just like get free products, shoot for them, you know, build a portfolio. So I kind of just sent the same type of generic email to Polar Pro and I was just like, you know, I really like your products. I think they're pretty cool. Like, I think I can create some content for you using them. Right. And the guy was like, well, I'd love to, but we don't really do one-offs like that. We like relationships. And I was like, I could do that. <laughs> and he was like, all right, well, tell me a bit about yourself. Like, you know, just tell me about you and photography. Why are you into this? Why are you interested in everything else? And we had this long conversation. Like, when I say long, this was all through email. But if this was a phone oh, conversation, it, was, it could have been like at least a two hour long conversation. I could not. <laughs> and so I didn't actually even fill out an ambassador thing like that. Like we just had the whole conversation. He's like, I love you. Like being an ambassador. Right on. Like, dope. I would love to. So like after that, then he sent me like their regular ambassador package and everything else that has all the information and everything else. And then they sent me their filters. And I was like, wow, this is pretty yeah. cool. Like. I've only done long exposure at night when, you know, you don't need a filter. Now right. I can do it in the day. Like, this is awesome. I could shoot sunset and put a filter on. And I can have clouds moving and capture water moving. And it was super amazing. cool. It's cool. I, I think what I picked out from that was building rapport is so important. You know, just saying, hey, sponsor me or you know, I'd be a really good ambassador. Isn't really going to cut it. It's building relationships with people that, um, in addition to your work is really going to, is really going to hook you up with those things. Like you said, it would have been a two hour phone call. So to people listening, start building (laughs) rapport with people and start building rapport with maybe, um, accounts or companies that are relative to your size. You know what I mean? Like don't go after art of visuals. If you're (laughs) like, if you're not quite there yet, but no, that's kind of awesome. Um, and you know, it takes a lot of, it can take a lot of confidence and courage to just go out on a whim and put yourself out there. And, uh, it leads to one of the next points I had written down to talk to you about was stepping outside your comfort zone. Cause that seems like something you do, um, quite a bit. I try. Um, <laughs> you try to, well, that's just it. Right. I mean, yeah. so what are some ways that you make sure to step outside of your comfort zone is it a conscious thing for you to like think okay i need to do something that's scary or i i (laughs) I need to psych myself up for this or maybe there's an instance where you felt that you really stepped outside of your comfort zone maybe you can talk about that so i definitely don't think it's like really a conscious thing like i don't just leave my house and i'm like you know i need to do something different that i haven't done yet today (laughs) but um you know when i come across something that i want to do if I've never done it before or if I want to go someplace that I've never been before or try something that I haven't tried before, you know, what's stopping you? Like, why are people scared to step out of their comfort zone? I think that's more of an important question. Right. But yeah, I mean, stepping out of my comfort zone, it's important. It definitely helps with everything. You know, the only way you progress is if you get out there and that goes with everything, you know, you have to talk to people, you have to open up your eyes, you have to be willing to learn and be willing to do things that you haven't done before. Cause you know, if you stay doing whatever you've been doing, what's changing for you? You're going to get the same results if you keep exactly. doing the same things. Yeah. Um, 
and even like you said making sure you got out to uh to go shoot with people when you were when you're feeling lonely that's stepping outside of your comfort zone man when i I tell you i'm shy like i it takes a lot for me to like really go out and be friends with people but really yeah i (laughs) yeah i'm like really shy i don't are you an introvert i would say i'm more of an introvert than an extrovert in terms of people for sure like i'll do things that you know, or just like out there and whatever, but I, I would rather do them alone most of the time than invite a bunch of people. Like, I don't know. Well, I mean the majority of the time, I don't know about you, but the majority of the time people are shooting alone. Yeah. Right. I've noticed that. Or, you know, in the Bay area, like common spots in the Bay area, like you go to Marshall's beach, you go to the golden gate, overlook Harrison street, California street. Even if you go there alone, there's, a good group of people around you so you go there alone but then you make all these friends so it's kind of nice so that's kind of what happens to me too a lot of the times like I'll go out and I'll maybe shoot with a friend or two maybe three like on a good right day. but then we meet a bunch of people there and then yeah. you make all these friendships and then you open your eyes to more things and it's nice yeah and then you can connect with them online too that's happened to me a bunch of times as well where I've just been I was out a couple years ago just walking my dog on like an escarpment trail in uh, mm-hmm. near toronto um and there was just like these this group of people shooting um sunset to the west off the and trying to get like the cliffs and stuff in the foreground i was just like what are you guys shooting what's what's going on just like got right in there and uh i think his name's arian if he's listening i sorry if i got your name wrong but <laughs> um uh you know, now we're boys online. It's awesome. And, you know, we shout each other out and, and love each other's work. And it's cool. Just like put yourself out there. If if you're somebody listening who is nervous to do that. I mean, what's the worst that's going to happen? Definitely. <laughs> you know, earlier this week, um, I went to Mount Tam. I don't know if you know what that is, but. Definitely yeah. do not. <laughs> okay. So if you've seen anybody from the Bay Area, like any Bay Area photographers, if you've seen the photos from with the low fog flowing in between the trees, those are all taken from Mount Tam. So like. If you follow Shane Blum, Michael Shane Blum, uh, okay. he recently posted a couple photos from there. I recently posted a photo from Tam also, but it's like a really dope spot for lo-fi, which is really common here in the Bay Area. So people go there a lot. Um, but I was just there maybe two days ago and there's like a group of older people like in their 50s. They're like doing their own thing at this spot. And I'm there. I forgot my tripod. So I look like a dumbass, mm. but I'm like there <laughs> trying to figure out how to lean my my camera on a rock to so I can focus. And just hold your breath. Spot. yeah pretty much and uh there's one other guy there his name was matt and we got to talking and at the end of it he's like hey so what's your instagram and he followed me and i looked at his page and like we have so many common followers and it's just like you know right i probably shot with you before like that's interesting and i'll probably shoot with him again in the future it sounds like you guys have a really tightly knit community out in the bay yeah you know i think it's just there's only so many spots out here that right. into photography everybody knows the same spot so chances are you're yeah. always going to see somebody i had this talk with your friend scott um mm-hmm. scott cameron at sad signs underscore <laughs> and a lot of our yeah i had to sh- i have to shout him out um a lot of our discussion was about how to stay fresh and creative and original in in a setting where there's it seems like there's only so many things you can shoot oh, i'm yeah. interested to hear your take on this you know, it is so hard. <laughs> you know, honestly, the way that I see it is any shot that you take has probably been taken before. 
but there's always a way to do it differently. You can step back a few feet, step forward a few feet, focus on the object next to it or put a person in there, do something like. Yeah. Add a prop. I like yeah. that. Like, That's what I do when I feel like it's been done before. Cause it has been done before. Yeah. Uh, another guy in this on the show made a point that he says there's no it was Ian Jones and I kind of agree with him that there are no original ideas anymore there aren't for the most part I don't think so I don't think so at all I think even if you go to a spot and you haven't seen a photo of it I guarantee you if you spend a good 30 minutes to an hour looking specifically for the photo you just took you could find it right so I mean to what we what we can take away from that is like stop trying to be so damn critical of your compositions maybe like it's been it's been done people so you got to find an element to add to it man nothing irks me more than going to a spot and being there with like a group of photographers everybody's shooting the same thing and then there will be the one smartest person like wow you can't stop this i'm just like what like there's 10 people here shooting the same thing everyone's gonna have the same comp Go on Instagram, go to that same location. You're going to see a hundred photos or more of the same thing that you're shooting, but you're going to call. I've seen a lot of people. I've seen a lot of people in the San Fran area getting mad at each other for stealing compositions. And I think that is outrageous. You cannot steal a composition. Mm -mm. No, I think it's ridiculous. Honestly, that is ridiculous. Um, one thing I also wanted to talk about with you, you don't do it all the time, but every now and then you'll, you'll post a photo that's a composite. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I like them. You actually did one of, of my Emerald Lake one, which I voted for on our FFA. I have to put it on record because I thought it was so dope with the Northern Lights. My favorite um, of all time, and it's not even my photo. <laughs> <laughs> that's all right. I loved it. Um, do you consider that photography? Because there's a lot of old school... Um, minded people who would think that that's not and if it's not is it's still artistry for sure but what would it be called i mean like you said before we got on here if you're using at least part at least an image of yours to get the final look it's definitely photography yeah so i believe that there's levels to this i definitely think that there's levels um like i stated and you just repeated um as long as you have at least Part of your own photo within a composite, I would still consider it photography, or at least like your own photography. Obviously, it's still photography if it's if someone taken took the photo, but um, for it to be considered your own photography, I definitely think you need to have at least some part of the photo is your own. Um, As far as a composite goes, though, all of my composites, the foreground is always my photo, always. Really, never. I will never take a foreground from someone else. I think that's weird, honestly. Yeah, so like the main focus of your shot is always something you've taken. Yeah, yeah, because like I'll change a sky, 100%, I'll definitely change a sky. Maybe I'll remove a couple things from a photo, but it just feels weird to me. Unless it's an FFA, it just feels too weird for me to be posting a photo that has someone else's main subject as the focus of my photo. It It just feels like I'm taking credit for it. I, I don't know. That's yeah, I don't know. Well, you crushed those FFAs. <laughs> we were all loving your submissions. Thank you. Yeah, I the love one... FFAs so much. It just really gives you a chance to edit places that you haven't been to that you really want to go to. Well, and to get in other people's minds too. Like for yeah. me, I uh, I found that I was editing differently just because the shot was so different than something I would have taken. Oh, yeah. Like I've never added Northern License to my photos before and I've never thought of it. But right. I 100% do that. And now you know how to do that, right? So that's so cool. Oh, yeah. 
yeah that was- and like and make it work and make it blend and maybe that inspires you to go somewhere to see the northern lights which is awesome man northern lights have been on my bucket list for as long as i can remember and i'm so sad that i have no way out of this country right now to go see them yeah that's a whole other bucket of worms but <laughs> <laughs> um maybe we were talking as well that one of the composites you did got some heat um yeah the recent i think it was un- i think it was unwarranted it was unfortunate I think um so. <laughs> but let's talk about haters i have that on my notepad just one <laughs> word haters because yeah i've said it before that you know when people start hating on your work you're doing something right so congrats to you for doing Thank things you. right <laughs> for that. for moving up in the photography world um because nobody bashes somebody who who isn't achieving great success or isn't you know jealous in in some sense um and even somebody at the end of the day who is um you know posting dumbass comments on on your stuff yeah like they're up in your they're on your page putting the time into comment on your photo at the end of the day it's so backwards it's ridiculous you know and it's also kind of funny because like you said before, it ups the engagement. So it's like, are you trying to help me? Or are you trying, like, what are, what is your goal here? Right. I don't understand it. And maybe that's the, cause it's, let's face it. It's probably pretty easy to get, you know, get offended or get angry or get frustrated when somebody doesn't like your work. It's only natural. Oh yeah. A hundred percent. I mean, like you're putting time and effort into something and for someone to say something disrespectful or rude, it's just, it's uncalled for. Right. So, but what you said is maybe an interesting way to um, maybe put a, a positive spin on just like, oh, thanks for upping my engagement. You know, even if you don't reply that, if you think that way, at least you're finding something to be positive about in an otherwise negative scenario. Yeah. So like for me, honestly, if it's just a, a straight out rude comment, like there's nothing to even engage with on that. Like, it's kind of just, why are you doing this? But if it's somewhat rude, but a questionable comment, like I will engage with them. I'll try to find out like, why are you saying this? Or why do you think this? Like what, what about my photo is making you say this? Right. I mean, like as artists, we're all very, we're already self-critical. So, I mean, when someone else comes in, it's just like, whoa, hold the fuck up. (laughs) When I tell you, I send my photos to somewhere around 10 different people before it even no shit I'm like, yeah. are you serious yeah 100 percent. wow damn 100%. yeah i'll do that too sometimes like just do you mean like when you're do you ever have it where you're unsure about which version of a shot you want so, to post or and you'll you know send it around and kind of get a survey so it's like no kind of but no <laughs> so it'll be my photo and it'll be edited whatever like I'm done editing it and then I'll send it to someone and be like, what don't you like about this? Like, tell me what to change. And then they'll give me their opinion. I'll change it. I'll send it back to them and be like, do you like it? They're like, yeah. And then I send it to someone else. I'm like, what don't you like about this? Like, what should I change? And I don't know. I like hearing the opinions because people, everybody thinks so differently, you know? And this kind of brings me back to what we were talking about earlier with going out and shooting with more people and opening your eyes. Everybody thinks differently and everybody has different opinions so i mean right you want to take someone else's opinion over your own you definitely want to be sure of your own work more than someone right. else's thoughts because your thoughts are more important when it comes to your own work but it's also nice to open your eyes and like think you know maybe this person's right what if i do this and try it mm. you know you don't have to keep it that way but you can always try it now are you sending these to people you look up to or just like 
anyone? Um, I send them to my friends. I definitely right. send every single photo to my boyfriend. He never gives me any feedback except, wow, babe, that looks great. <laughs> and <then laughs> I send it to my other friends, like Scott, I don't send to so much anymore, but I used to send him photos like every day. And I think it annoyed him probably. <laughs> I would we'll have to ask him. Hell yeah. And uh, yeah, I send them to some people that I look up to. Like Scott, I definitely look up to creatively. He's a very talented right. person. I send them to other people who aren't, I wouldn't say as talented, but they're not like as, I wouldn't really say Instagram famous either, but they don't have like the same type of engagement that I do or anything. But, right. you know, at the end of the day, an artist is an artist. So if you have a mind, you know, why not mm. say what you think? It can even be beneficial to send stuff to, you know, people who aren't so heavily into the Instagram game or into photography, yeah. like just, just, a you know, somebody who you wouldn't even consider artistic. I send every photo I take to my mom. What does she say? Because when I send things to my dad, I'm lucky if I get something other than nice. <laughs> so I know when she thinks it's not as good as I can make it. How do you Based know? on her reaction. Uh, I don't know. I just know. Um, <laughs> Because she's never like, oh, like, I don't like this. Or she never says that. She'll just, it'll be very abrupt. Like, oh, yeah. that's cool. And I'm like, okay, maybe this this isn't contrasty enough. <laughs> and then I'll send it back or I'll send something similar, a similar shot with the edit that I'm wanting to do on the other one. And it'll be a totally different reaction. I'm like, okay, I got it. Yeah. The one thing I know with my portraits, I know when I've nailed it with my mom, when she goes, that's disturbing. then i know i've nailed it because like my portrait page is totally a different vibe like it's dark dark stuff which is cool um i mean on the last episode we talked about it's 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 neat to have different accounts for different types of photography like i do that i don't know if that's ever crossed your mind it has crossed my mind um I don't really shoot anything other than landscape unless it's like content creation for companies. So I personally haven't done it yet, at least. Um, I've tried shooting portraits, but I just am clueless on how to direct models. It's hard. Dude, I can imagine. But see, it was funny because at the start of the episode, you said, you know, I can control everything of the of the shoot except the weather. It's like yeah. portrait portrait photography, you literally can control everything. I know, but it's so that's why I find it interesting that you're not into that. I think it's so interesting. Okay, so my favorite portrait photographer is her name is Alex. Uh I know her personally. I've met her before. Her What's Instagram, her handle? Shout her out. Uh, Do you know it? Liquid Verve. I don't know okay. if an underscore in there. I don't think so. She's got like 150,000 followers or something. So if you type cool. in liquid, I'm sure she'll come up. She's Liquid Verve? Yeah. She did what, sorry? She's uh, one of the moderators in Portrait Shooters. Okay. So you can find her through there, but she is an incredible, incredible portrait photographer. And like, I look at her work and then I think about how I can make people model. And I'm just like, I have no idea how you do this. Like right? in content creation, like, you know, it involves people modeling and I'm just like, okay, do this, do this, do this. And it works for the photos because, you know, they're showing off the content, whatever. Like, you're not really focusing too much on the person, whereas you're focusing on the product. But when it's just strictly a person, I don't know. It's so complicated to me. Because I, Yeah, it's, it's – I was talking to I – th- I can't remember who it was. I think it was Dave who was on, the ep- on a few episodes ago. He says, I am more scared to shoot a person than I am a grizzly bear. <laughs> That's crazy. Um, I would definitely be more scared to shoot a grizzly bear. However, 
you don't have to put any work into shooting a grizzly bear. So I could definitely see where he's coming from. Well, define work. You might make some wildlife photographers really mad. <laughs> that's true. That's true. No, um, in terms of like getting the subject to pose for you. Right. You kind of get what you get. Yeah. Like you can't control that whatsoever. You can control the lighting and you can control like the comp, like what you're including around. Right. There, but you know, with the person, you have to tell them, do this, do this. Like they can't just stand there. Like if you just shoot a person walking, if you're doing street photography, sure, like, yeah. that works. But when you're doing like, specifically like portrait photography that's a whole different concept like you really just need to know exactly how you want this person to look and if you tell them to do this this one way and even if you like move their hands and move their head a little bit it still may not be what you want it to look like and you have to have a keen sense for fashion yes that, you have to that you have to because clothes matter and the oh, color, yeah. your background, does it match their eyes? And I think the one scary, we'll get off portraiture because we're going down a rabbit hole. But the one scary thing about that is just that um, I think the, the stressor in portrait photography is that everything lies on your shoulders. Yes. The total outcome of the shoot is entirely your fault, good or bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's so stressful. Like imagine if I just go out there and I'm like, oh, I want to do a portrait shoot. Who wants to come? Like who wants to be a model for me? But then like I try to tell them like they have to pay and then they don't like a single shot that I produce. Like that's terrifying. Yeah. That's so scary. How do you feel if you're ever on the other side of the camera? Because I know I hate it. I hate it. Good luck a photo of me with my face showing. Good luck. (laughs) You're not going to find it. I think a lot of photographers feel uncomfortable on the other side. I know I do at times. Man, I'm so uncomfortable being in front of the camera. Uh, I used to date a photographer. His name is David. And I used to be a subject for him a lot. But I didn't mind it because it was never like face first. Like I was always behind me. So I didn't mind Mm. it too much because I don't know. It just it doesn't feel as personal as someone being like, here, I'm going to take a photo. Please look at me. Right. Do this. Do that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So you're the second female guest on the show, which is awesome. Sorry, you were supposed to be number one, but we got um, we got delayed, but it's all good. You're here now. (laughs) Um, we've been gaining some more female listeners on the show, which is awesome. Um, in a creative field that seems to be dominated by males, not in terms of talent, but just in terms of people actually participating. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to know a bit about your experience as a female photographer, because I think it's important to talk about, um, and if it's been positive, negative, or just generally how it's been for you, um, the past few years that you've been shooting. So I've had an interesting experience shooting. Um, Most of my experiences with photography have been mostly positive. I can't really complain that much about it. It definitely is a male-dominated hobby, that's for sure. Um, The worst that I've had come from it, honestly, is, like we said before, creepy men. Like, it's kind of, Mm. I hate to say this, but it's really shitty when you just want to go out and shoot and say you're shooting with a new guy you've never shot with before. He's a photographer also. And you're literally just looking to open your eyes more, make another friend. And then at the end of you guys shooting, it ends with them hitting on you. Like that's pretty lame. Right. Like it's just, it kills everything and it just kind of makes you feel really uncomfortable. Um, That's happened to me before. I'm not a big fan of that whatsoever. I honestly really hate that. 
well, that sucks because I imagine it would make you feel like, did you even want to shoot at me? Just shoot with me at all? Like, yeah, it's like, did you want to shoot with the photographer or, or not? <laughs> yeah, like, do you, yeah, pretty much. It kind of sucks because it's like, you know, I wouldn't say like I'm the most talented person. I think I've got some talent out there. I would like to have more. And, you know, I go out and I shoot with people to get more talented and to open my eyes and broaden everything. But, you know, some people, it's just like, oh, well, I'm going to shoot with you because I think you're talented. That's awesome. And then you get the other ones who are like, I'm going to shoot with you because I'm hoping it's going to benefit me. And that's pretty mm. funny. All right. Don't do that, people listening, if you think that's you <laughs> or maybe you. Not cool. No. Not cool. But I'm glad to hear that your experiences have been mostly positive. Yeah. I mean, um, part, would you? Sorry. Would, uh, for the most I would part, say, though, like everybody that I've met out here, all the men, like they're pretty helpful. Like they definitely help you think about everything they're like you know you should stand over there try shooting that try doing this and it's really nice because most of these people like they have more experience than you so you want that help right i think for the most part the photography community is very very wholesome mm-hmm. um in any field in any profession you're gonna have people like that yeah um i think it's just important to talk about it and keep truck trucking forwards right definitely and um definitely exposing those people when it gets too far. We, I know we've always seen those um, expose sessions on Instagram every now and then where there'll be some famous photographer who just gets roasted like as a total dirtbag. Um, oh man, I forget who I saw. This was like a year ago. Someone from LA, uh, man, they took someone's money and it was like not even photography related and this is like a huge account and people are just like shitting on him all over about this stuff. And I'm like, damn, like now we know all your personal business. Like that's crazy. Yeah. I think it's important that what I can gather from that too, it's important that we should remember, especially as we climb and followers, all of us listening that, you know, people are watching what you do. Um, you have a social responsibility too. uh, whether you, I don't care if you have 10 followers or whether you have 9,000. Um, you know, everybody's a person. Like, you have to realize that and kind of live by that. Like, everybody's a person. Everybody has feelings. You have to do what you think is right all of the time. And it's hard. But, you know, like you said, whether you have 10 followers or 9,000 followers, people are watching you. Like, what right. person do you want the world to think that you are? Right. I mean, and you have a platform to, you have an opportunity to spread your view of the world and how you want the world to be to that audience. Yeah. I mean, imagine I'm looking at your page right now, 8,461 followers. Imagine a, that's a, that's a stadium of people. If you physically picture that, imagine getting in front of a microphone and posting a story. Oh my God. (laughs) In front of, or, you know, acting out that story or saying it in front of that many people like that's how many people are listening and that's how many people you potentially have an impact on so use it for good i guess is what you're saying i don't want to be too preachy no yeah honestly i definitely think you know it's an instagram is an amazing amazing platform you can reach so many people but that's the thing you're reaching so many people you have to be very careful of what you're preaching and what you're saying and how you're telling people these things like even today, I just posted random questions about COVID for people who aren't wearing masks because I genuinely want to know, like, 
I think everybody should wear a mask, but you don't. So I want to know why you think this. I'm not looking to argue your beliefs. I just want to know. Right. And then I get I saw like, that. Yeah. And then I get however many people responding like, well, why do you want to know? What difference does it make? Like, why, why are you mad? Why are you aggressive? Like, no, I'm coming at you. Like, <laughs> yeah, I think there's, this is a day and age where anything and everything is an excuse to get defensive. Um, and everybody's so defensive these days it's crazy because like you said everybody's watching like don't be an asshole just to be an asshole like is that really who you are like is that really what you want people to think you are right put out into the world you know good vibes and how how you want you know be the change you want to be yeah um i get the vibe you're a goal setter just from my my research i did on what i could find in you and just kind of what i know about you (laughs) um you know, we were saying before uh, we recorded how there's, it seems there's kind of, there's three people. There's people who don't set goals and kind of just do things aimlessly. And sometimes it works out for them in the long run. And sometimes it doesn't. Um, there's people who set goals that are just like massive and Unreal. it seems like a Goliath to overcome. And then there's, you know, maybe setting attainable small, uh, small goals that are, th- that you can actually smash through to get to the next one. Um, what kind of goals do you set? How do you go about it? And why do you, why do you set them? How does it help you further your photography game? So I have different kinds of goals. Um, one of my main goals is travel. I always want to shoot different places. I always want to travel different places. Even before I got into photography, I always had goals like I want to go to this place this year and I want to visit this country this year. So that was always a thing of mine. And then I recently have been laid off, but I used to work for Air Canada. So I used to have... No way. Yeah, it was awesome. (laughs) Air Canada. Yeah. Right on. Yeah, man. They're amazing. I hope I get my job back soon, but we'll see. Do you speak French? I don't. I used to actually, though. Oh, I thought that was a requirement. All right. No, not in America. I think... Phony. (laughs) If you work in Canada, I do believe it's a requirement. You need to speak English and French. I I don't know two licks of French, so whatever anyways continue (laughs) um but yeah so like traveling I've always had specific goals for I don't think that anything with traveling is unreachable or unattainable because there's so many ways to travel cheap and easy and stress-free so that's its own topic um photography wise my goals a lot of the times are companies and who can I work with and how can I get better at this and how can I work with bigger companies and just build my portfolio to different lengths and have right. different varieties. Like I started out shooting like portable chargers and then <laughs> a couple months later I'm shooting cars for six. Then now I'm shooting Airbnb. So, you know, right. you have to go, there's definitely a direction you have to take. Um, I definitely, it's nice to set unrealistic goals, but at the same time you have to realize they're unrealistic and you need many goals before that to lead you up to it. Right. How are you really getting there? You know, everything leads to something. Yeah. I think you really got to break down goals into smaller chunks. Um, I've been doing, I do this a lot running um, where instead of focusing on the five kilometers, I still have to go or whatever miles. Mm -hmm. I'm damn Americans. (laughs) Um, Instead of focusing on that, Uh I'll focus on the next telephone pole that I have to get to. And then when I get there, I'm like, okay, sick. I made it to this telephone pole. Let's get to the next one. I'm like, all right, I made it here. And so on and so forth. 
and then five kilometers is over in the blink of an eye. And then you can look back down the road and you're like, okay, I smashed all those goals. Whereas, you know, I could have just focused on the grueling five ahead of me and probably tapped out. Yeah. Exactly. So in terms of photography, like, you know, picking maybe a date and I want to, and making it very specific, I want to shoot for three different companies by July 31st. Yeah. Exactly. And, you know, it doesn't even have to be about content creation. It could just be improving your own skill, you know, like, right. It's what's today, Tuesday, Tuesday, right? I think today is Tuesday. This will be being listened to on Friday, but this is Tuesday. Okay. So today's Tuesday. And, you know, like, you could just set even a weekly goal, like, right. It's Tuesday. By Saturday night, I want to shoot at least two different sunrises or two different sunsets. Right. And then next week, you know, I want to shoot at least three or four. You know, everything, right. it helps. Do you write stuff down? I don't, but I probably should because my memory is awful. Hmm. I was going to suggest writing it down because there's something to be said for always having it in front of you. And it's like when you're studying, when you write it, you absorb it and you live right. it. And it's so rewarding to go into your journal or whatever the hell you're using and just like cross it off day by day, like shot a sunset to use your example, sunset check. And then Wednesday, sunset check. And then you can look back in your week and be like, yeah, I did it. Yeah. And then motivating, I'm sure I can actually. Yeah. That. That's a pretty. And then step into the next week with a whole newfound confidence. Yeah. Well, I'm um, that actually. When we finish. Yeah, start rocking right, that. I mean, at the start, at, at the every Sunday night, I so I write out what I want to do for the week, mm-hmm. and I write it Sunday night. I consider my week to start on Monday. I know some people consider the start of the week Sunday. It's weird. Um, so I'll write everything Sunday night, and then instead of writing to do, I'll write to accomplish colon, and then list all my things. So I don't feel like I'm doing chores. I feel like I'm smashing through barriers, if that makes sense. That does. And I think that's very important too. You know, you don't really want your goals to feel like they're chores. You want to be able to enjoy them like they're your goals. Right. You know, you want to reach them. You don't want to have to suffer getting there. Right. Like you should, and that's just part of enjoying the process. You know, like awesome. not saying I'll be happy when I do this. Like I'll be happy when I you know, land an endorsement deal. It's like, you got to find that along the way. Yeah. Like everything leads to something. Like I said before, you know, it's very important to have these goals and yeah, you know, you need something to look forward to, something to motivate you. Otherwise, what's your motivation? Like, where are you getting it from? Why, why do you want to succeed? Why do you want to do anything different? Like what's going to get there? Like work backwards and, and ask yourself, why are you doing what you're doing? Yeah. excuse me um no that's really cool how did you go about working your way up all the way to the point where you were shooting airbnbs how did that become um so like i said before i started shooting portable chargers and like tiny little electronics here and there and um the more work that i was able to produce um on my website i have a specific section of it devoted to all of my client work so all of these different clients and brands that I work with, I just I put them on my website and after a while, you know, you have so much content for a specific kind of product that you yeah. want to venture out and you want to shoot other things. But the good things about 
sorry, the good thing about working with all these brands and companies is that not everybody sells the same products. And, you know, even if they sell a portable charger, they may see your work of portable chargers, but they're like, well, I think you could shoot this even better than you could shoot a portable charger. And then that's how you kind of build it. You know, you get all these different products and you shoot it and, you know, eventually you're shooting cars and Airbnbs and it works out. Yeah. Working your way up the ladder. Yeah. There's the corporate ladder and there's the photography ladder. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, you've definitely got to work your way up. Nothing's going to just be handed to you. And, you know, if you don't have any anything to provide to these people, why are they providing to you? Well, and I always tell people, too, who ask me this que- these questions, because, like, I've done a fair amount of product stuff myself. Um, just go out and build your portfolio. Shoot stuff around your house. Like, yeah. there's no excuse. You can easily build a portfolio in a week. Oh, yeah. Like, you don't actually need these products from these companies. You have these products all around your house already. Just shoot them and then send this work to yeah. the companies. And then you're like, well, I've shot this before. And then it works for that, you. I'm so glad you said that, because I've literally implemented that strategy before, where... <laughs> I've just um, had something, shot it, sent it to them for free, like 10 to 12 photos. Just uh-huh. being like, hey, I really like, I use this, this product all the time. I love it. Here's some shots. Feel free to use them. And then the next time, if they like them, the next time that photographer has, or that company has something in mind, who are they going to call, you know, and yeah. they're going to pay you this time. You know, I've done that too. Uh, about a year ago, I went to Yosemite with a few friends and one of them, you know what Jackery is? Jackery? Yeah. Uh, no, but let me, I want to try and make a guess. Okay. It sounds like a beef jerky company. Oh my God. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> Am I wrong? Oh, you're so wrong. Shit. So Jackery is like this, uh, uh, it's like a portable charger, but it's. So I was way off. Yeah. <laughs> it's a portable charger, but you can put like USB, you could put like the, the AV outlet, like a regular plug in there. Oh, that makes more sense. Now. Yeah, and it lasts for days. Like, it's an amazing product. Um, cool. I've reached out to them in the past, and they were like, no, we're good. And then when I went to Yosemite with a few friends, one of them had the product from them, and they were actually shooting it for them. But when they went away, I shot it too. We were at Half Dome. Mm. So I took a couple photos of it, and I sent it to Jackery, and I was like, look, I created something for you. You know, if you like it in the future, if you ever need someone to work with, like, keep you in mind. And they're like, wow, like we love this. We will definitely keep you in mind. Exactly. It, it doesn't always hurt to give companies things for free, especially when they're going to give you something for free. You know, right. You and it'll lead to something. Yeah. I mean, the proof's in the pudding with the shot. You know, yeah. they didn't want to... Why sh- to be fair, like why should they? Like, yeah. We don't know anything about you. And oh, okay, this is actually really dope. So yeah, we'll definitely keep you on file for the future. Yeah. And at the end of the day, it's really important to remember that nobody owes you anything. So if you want something from someone, if you think it's going to help you, like, what can you do for them? Right. What value are you adding? And it's funny because it's kind of counterintuitive, but you will gain stuff by being a giver. Yeah. I believe that. I believe. So like if, if you're going to give a company great content, give them eventually, well, not even necessarily, but eventually down the road, it's going to work out for you. Oh yeah. A hundred percent. There's this one company out there. Uh, it's called Exactly, and they're an amazing company. Um, I'll tell you more about it later on if you're interested. But I reached out to them. They had like just kind of started out. They sent me a couple of their products, and I shot them really well. And I gave them photos. They're like, "Wow, we're gonna send you more things." I'm like, "Exactly." That's awesome. 
Like that's what you want. You know, you don't, you know, like little one-off things are awesome, but relationships are what's important. Like that's, what's going to get you higher up and help you progress more. Yeah, for sure. Um, Right. And there's always somebody, there's a person behind that email who has their own story and who has their own life. And and you kind of need to, again, cycling back to the start of our podcast here, you kind of got to build that rapport. Otherwise it's going to go nowhere. Yes, definitely. What is exactly the company? Oh, uh, so exactly. I am interested. <laughs> <laughs> so exactly. They make portable chargers. They make backpacks. Um, they help third world countries and they work with, um, Oh God, I can't believe it. Project Water, I think is the name. Okay. Uh, it slipped off the top of my head. Um, no worries. They, they're an amazing company and they really give back and I love that. So that's why I reached out to them to begin with. That's cool. Yeah. Always do work for companies that values that they're when their values align with yours. Yeah, that's really for important. Sure. Working with companies that have the same values as you. I mean, why would you want to work with someone who doesn't believe in the same things that you do or believes in something that goes against what you believe in? Why do you want to yeah. feel that? Why do you want to be a part of that? Yeah. As my friend Aaron would say, speak your truth. Yeah. Um, Mant- Mantis photography. That would that would be an Aaron oh. quote. Oh, I think I edited one of his photos for the FFA too. <laughs> Did you? I probably. I don't know. Aaron's dope. Yeah. Um, you'll have to go. He does a uh, he does a episode. He does a Instagram live every Thursday. Oh, really? Called the Mantis Moon. You should definitely go on it. It's wicked cool. It's a lot of fun. I've been on it. A lot of other cool people have been on it. Oh, it's a lot of fun. I'll message you about it after. Yeah. Um, I forget what I was saying entirely. Oh, speaking your truth, speaking your truth, doing work for companies that you believe in and that you, you, you align with their values. Like, um, actually Aaron, myself and a couple other guys, Brett Blakely and Mike Nutrino and Adam, Danny, that's a lot of names. Um, we just shot for a company called PACA. What is that? Which they, so they make apparel, mostly like hiking stuff. It's stuff made from, uh, alpacas Oh. in Peru and the whole premise behind the company is that they empower Peruvian women by giving them like a fair wage to do more than just live. Oh, that's amazing. So, I mean, those are the kinds of companies you want to get on board with. Oh. Use your use your talent to promote things in the world that you want to see more of. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. You know, be the change that you want to see. Yeah. Or help be the change that you want to see. Yeah, I mean, even you have influence. Like You and your camera have influence. Definitely. Again. I feel like we're cycling a lot, but it's in this conversation, but it's really good. Like spread, spread that message to however many followers you have. I don't care if it's a hundred or 10,000. I know? agree. Definitely. All right. This has been a long conversation, but it's been really good. Um, <laughs> let me wrap up with a very open-ended question. Mm-hmm. Favorite three places to photograph or maybe that you'd like to photograph. Go. Okay. Number one, top of the list. Hallstatt, Austria. I have never been there. It was on my bucket. What is it? Hofstad? Hallstatt? Hallstatt. H A L. Hallstatt. Yeah. H A L L S T A T. It's in Austria. It is a beautiful, beautiful city. Um, I was actually I was supposed to go there in October, and I decided last minute to go take my dad to Italy instead because he decided he didn't want to go to Austria. Mm. I'm so, looking at photos right now, and damn, it looks sick. yeah. Exactly. Right Right on the water. Mm -hmm. All those old European buildings. Oh, yeah. It's a beautiful city. I would love to go there one day. Um, That's my number one spot where I want to shoot. I have not yet. Okay. 
Number two is also someplace I have not shot yet. I've been there before. I went to Queenstown, New Zealand before I was even into photography. And man, I have phone photos, phone photos that are amazing. So like if I could take photos on my iPhone that are amazing before I even knew anything about photography and I still Mm. think that they're amazing, chances are it's amazing to shoot there. So that's number two. Um, Number three, I want to make this local, Yosemite. (laughs) Cool. I've never been to Yosemite and it kills me. Oh man, you would love it. It's beautiful there. Kills me. I'm sure I would. But uh, like you said, I don't know when I'm going to be in the US of A for... Yeah. Seems like an indefinite amount of time. <laughs> um, that border opens soon. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think it's going to, especially in Canada, it's going to be a lot of exploring your own backyard. Oh, um, yeah. But you guys have get, such a beautiful big backyard. Yeah, I mean, Banff and the East Coast is is underrated too. I've never been there. I'm, I'm hoping to to go there shortly. Yeah. But uh, you kind of sold me on Holstead. It looks awesome. Dude, you should go. Trust me, you'll love yeah. it. Norway was on the list. Um, pre-COVID. Where in Norway? Like all of it. Okay. <laughs> all of it. Um, and also, what are you shooting with? So I don't shoot with my Rebel T3i anymore, thankfully. Um, although my shots from that camera, I can't lie, are pretty good. Um, I yeah. shoot these days with a Canon uh, 6D. I shoot with that too. Oh, really? Right on. Oh, yeah. Oh, I love it. That's I've cool. been shooting with it for a little over a year now. I really like it's it. Super cool. Yeah. It's like a good mid-grade camera. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely like it. It, Man, coming from someone who has no background in photography, I think it's incredible. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you don't really need to be a tech whiz or know all about specs to, to be a good photographer. There's people I've had on the show who rifle off all these things, and I'm like, I have no idea what you're talking about. And then there's other people who are at the other end of the spectrum where they just don't know anything. It's a camera and it works and it takes pictures. Yeah. And then there's people somewhere in the middle. Yeah. I think that's really important too. Um, it really doesn't matter what equipment you have. Just yeah. be creative. Use your eye. Yeah. You can make anything look beautiful, whether it's an iPhone or some little Canon Rebel T3i. Like you don't need a Sony mirrorless camera to take amazing photos. No, though it would be nice. Oh, <laughs> yeah, no, I like that. That's a cool way to end. Just be creative with anything you got. Yeah, anything. Well, Nicole, thank you for coming on the show. This was an awesome episode. Everyone's going to be really excited to hear it, I think. <laughs> thank you for having me. I appreciate it. You've spewed a lot of wisdom. I hope so. <laughs> Thanks, everyone, for listening to another episode of the Photographer Mindset Podcast. If you like what you heard, there were some pieces of information of value and you think other people would benefit from hearing this, please share it to your Instagram story. It would mean the world to me. And uh, we're picking up a lot of steam with this podcast. I'm excited to see where it goes. Grateful, as always, for having you people listen. And in the meantime, go get shooting, go get editing, and stay focused. See you next time.